Welcome to the FedTech Innovator Podcast, bringing you the stories and journeys behind deep tech innovation and entrepreneurship. In each interview, we go behind the scenes with the entrepreneurs, scientists, and visionaries who are engineering the technologies of tomorrow, today. These journeys are unpredictable and full of learning, and whether you're an entrepreneur, researcher, or funder of innovation, our goal is to create a community where we can learn from each other as we all seek to change the world with technology. I'm Ben Solomon, and I'm the founder and managing partner of FedTech. Since 2015, we've been building a bridge between the R&D world and the venture world. Every year, we get to work with hundreds of companies and researchers who are changing the world through technology. In this podcast, we're going to share those stories with you from our friends and colleagues in deep tech. I'm coming to you from our headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, just across from the river from the nation's capital. Hey, everybody. Really excited today to be joined by Tyrell Junius, uh, is the founder of TME Networks. Um, and this is actually one of our star FedTech um, alums from our Foundry program that we, we run for National Security Innovation Network. Um, hey, Tyrell, where, where are you calling in from? Hey, thanks so much for having me, Ben. Uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. Yeah, and, and we're, we were just saying that we'll, we'll talk about the tech, we'll talk about your experience in the program. You guys are, are right at the start of an immensely interesting journey, but just give us your, your background, like kind of describe, you know, what led you to want to start a tech company in partnership with FedTech? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always been interested in uh, military technologies. Um, my background is in health administration, but also I have a master's of business administration. And when I was a Peace Corps vo volunteer over in Zambia, had the opportunity to work on a mobile um, technology pro project that connected rural farmers to the internet. Um, so when I came across Foundry and you all giving uh, entrepreneurs access to military technologies, I thought, wow, this is right down my alley. And luckily I got paired with a great technology, uh, also with a great team member. Um, and now we're, we're on your podcast. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, no, and for those that are listening that are, are new to, um, so Foundry is a program that we're immensely proud of. So we've done it for about seven years now with, uh, with Ensign and previously that, uh, the predecessor is MD5. And what we do is, uh, just to kind of give the overview, uh, we take inventions that are in this case developed by the, the military. So DOD is really the largest, uh, uh conductor of R and D maybe in the world. They invent a lot of great stuff. It's, it's, it's well beyond just any, um, you know, weapons and it, it, it literally every possible field there's, there's DOD innovation. And, um, so we take inventions, we pair up great founders like Tyrell and then run a program that helps them explore the, whether there's a market and an opportunity for a spinoff. In this case, there, there obviously is. We got a, a great new company out of it and um, through a great founding team and, and, and Tyrell and his partner. So um, Tyrell, just tell us a little bit about what is the product? Um, why did you get so excited about when you, you got paired with this tech through our program? Absolutely, for sure. Uh, so we the, the technology that we licensed from the Air Force Researcher Lab is a radio frequency simultaneous transmit and receive antenna. Uh, and the first product that we are going to market with is what we're calling an intelligent repeater. So our intelligent repeater it utilizes the IP from the Air Force Research Lab, but is also combined with our proprietary information that provides connectivity to the unconnected uh, at affordable prices, uh, faster speeds, and also with that enhanced network coverage that we're hoping to be very reliable and secure. Um, right now we are going through 
different testing environments to make sure that our intelligent repeater can be deployed in rural and peri-urban environments um, long-term, really to bridge the digital divide and have people to access the benefits of 5G. So, so the idea, like, so, or, or, or let me ask you this. How, what, so what, what led the military to invent this? Um, was, what was the kind of problem they were looking to solve? Yeah, initially, uh, I believe the intentions behind the technology were around connecting or enhancing uh, internet uh, strength. I, I believe that was the original mindset. So the idea would be, okay, you have um, troops deployed maybe in an area where there's less connectivity. We're going to have a better repeater to, to get 5G to the battlefield, which is obviously, you know, now, now highly connected. Also the battlefield, but also those peace times, uh, like on the actual military bases. Um, so in the battlefield, but also at home at base. Cool. And then I can describe a little bit. So this was, um, invented by Air Force Research Lab. We, we brought it into Foundry. What was that process? Like if you go back to those early days of the studio, what do you remember? Uh, and what, what was, uh, what was exciting and what was challenging? Yeah, it was really exciting initially when I was being onboarded. Uh, I believe there's 25 different technologies and we had to shortlist which technologies that we thought we can take to market. Um, not having a strong background in radio frequency, I just understood that uh, radio frequency was needed for signal strength. Um, so luckily I got paired with two great teammates, uh, Dr. Amitav Mercadji. Uh, he's now my, my founder. Um, 120 plus patents and wireless engineering to his name. And we had another teammate who had background in robotics uh, who, un who decided not to continue the journey with us now. Um, but initially going through the process, selecting which technologies we like, uh, and then on your side, the Foundry team put us together. Uh, I'm not sure what type of character assessment they did, but <laughs> Amitav and I, we got along well and Throughout the, I believe it was about four month experience, we conducted customer interviews just to make sure that this technology that we want to license, it has some applicability in the commercial sector. One that's, it's like one of our favorite things that we love to do is bring founders together. We, we think about it as um, we're kind of a match.com for, for tech uh, startup founders. Like what did, what do you remember about that early, those early interactions with your teammates um, what was that process like just even on an interpersonal stand, you know, getting to know somebody that you might start a company with? Yeah. You know, it was a lot nerve wracking, uh, initially just coming out the gate. Uh, you know, we all have these different backgrounds and experiences, but how well can we get along? Um, you know, we went through the, uh, different phases of team building, forming, norming, storming. Okay, um, I think we had a lot of storms. Um, uh, initially we came up with maybe 20 use cases for this technology. And to narrow it down to one, uh, it was really tough. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it, it's kind of the, I, I, I was joking with you earlier, you know, I used to get to, to teach our, our cohorts more than I do now. And like, what I remember was just those first few weeks, right? You get paired with a new technology and like, there's all this energy around, you know, Hey, this can be used in yeah, all these different ways and, and getting the entrepreneurs to kind of focus in on, on one or two. And then, and I, what I remember was kind of this, this refrain, I'm like, you can always come back to the other use cases later, but like the first phase is all about like, let's focus in and let's go deep versus, um, kind of broad, you know, deep on, on, on a single use case or two. Um, I guess how many, how did you 
kind of go through that pare down process? And like, do you, do you remember some of the customer interactions that led you to get more focused? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the, the point of the foundry program, I believe we were supposed to have around 70 customer interviews. Um, so we divided that between defense customers, but, and also the commercial sector, um, on the defense side, we pretty much got feedback saying, okay, this technology is interesting, but we want to see commercial traction. Um, so we amplified our commercial outreach, uh, chatting with the mobile network operators like AT&T, Verizon, uh, private uh, enterprise network operators like Ericsson and Nokia. And, and through those conversations, we got a lot more confident on how we can address the market and, and solve a big problem. Yeah. And um, you guys, and, and, and you, you've been remarkably successful so far in, in, in actually raising and, and winning follow-on funding. Um, I guess just walk us through that process. So you have uh, two, two SBIRs and STTRs going right now, right? Um, you, yeah, that's right. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, we have a small business innovation research grant phase one with USDA. Uh, we're very thrilled about the opportunity um, to expand network coverage using TV white space. Um, so this is an underutilized spectrum um, that we hope to tap into to bring connectivity to those rural areas. Um, so with this award, um, we have some next steps for growth, which really involves testing our 5G repeater in various environments and really boosting our pre-orders for this device. What, um, what is TV white space? Yeah, TV white space is a spectrum out there that sends uh, radio signals or TV signals in this case to your home. Um, traditionally, this spectrum has not been used for wireless connectivity. So we're looking to use it for that purpose. Interesting, okay. And what's like, what, what, what was USDA's vision for creating the topic, do you think? Like, what, what are they interested in the, the tech for? Yeah, definitely. Uh, really, USDA, they, they want to increase economic opportunities for rural communities. We all know what having access to the internet can do uh, to your prosperity. Um, you know, you can join TikTok and become a TikToker, or you can open up an e-commerce store or, you know, e-learning. So once you have that connection to the internet, um, you can really boost your livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously big success. You, you said just two weeks ago, you heard about another SBIR, pr pretty cool. Yes, yes. We just were awarded our first uh, STTR with uh, Department of Navy. And this is about using trusted AI and autonomy using uh, coherent sensing solutions. Um, and to put this kind of like a little bit more simple, uh, it's really a system that helps computers understand the wireless uh, internet better. Um, so it's machine learning, AI, and creating a more secure and reliable internet. Well, and when, what's, who is the academic? Because for those of you that are new to, so... SBIR, Small Business Innovation Research, is really the biggest seed fund in the world that nobody knows about. It's, it's about $3 billion a year that gets uh, put aside from, from government funding for startups. Amazing program. STTR, Small Business, uh, or sorry, uh, what is the T? So, so uh, tech transfer is a tech transfer related um, uh, program. Is, is You have to have an academic partner on the proposal team. Who, who did you guys partner with? Um, we partner with UMass Boston. Uh, they're they're one of our great academic partners, and also um, Wichita University. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, 
Neat. Well, that, that, that's great. Yeah. So really another good program, a uh, little less, uh, less commonly used, you know, a little less commonly tapped MDU than SBIR, but um, congrats. Yeah. Really, really neat. Um, well, I guess even like go, going back, you know, to, I, I always get interested in sort of the motivations of founders and, and you had mentioned spending time in Africa. Um, how does that experience sort of factor into where you want to take this company? I'm just curious, like any, any, any thoughts there? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was a community health development volunteer. Um, I was in a rural area, maybe about 30 miles off the main road. Um, I didn't have any running water, no electricity for two years. Um, so just wow. being in that different environment and seeing how uh, different community members interacted with the internet, mostly through their mo mobile device, was really eye-opening. And now I'm working on internet connectivity issues and knowing that we have the sustainable development goals. So at Tiami Networks, we're framing how can we create products that solve problems towards the SDGs. Um, so that's really an overarching mission uh, that, that we're working towards. Well, and what, so I, I spent uh, one of the cooler experiences I had was I, I went to um, Kenya for, for three or four months and I worked um, in a small business there and it was just mm -hmm. eye opening. And even I, re I remember like the way that people use mobile phones in Africa was much more expansive than at the time, at least what we were doing here in the States where, you know, back in this would have been 2010 ish. Um, you know, sending money via mobile was like, was a thing already, you know, well, well predated kind of our doing that here. Like what, what, what did you notice just in terms of the way people use phones in Africa that's different? Yeah, definitely the, the FinTech explosion of sending money to their peers and family members, different parts of their country, but also uh, throughout Africa and now even overseas. Um, in addition to how they use it for money transfers, they also use it for a lot of entertainment and streaming. Um, I was just there maybe about two weeks ago. Um, you know, we're talking about 5G, 6G here in the States, but really in Africa, they're still 2G, 3G. Um, huh. So th there's a big push from the U.S. to really help boost the infrastructure over in Africa. And we hope to be a part of that narrative. Where, where, where'd you go recently? Uh, I, I was in Zambia. Oh, okay. okay interesting. That's, that's where I was a Peace Corps volunteer as well. Wow. Okay. What's what, what, what brought you back was it just to, to see old friends or what, what was sort of the, the draw? Yeah, yeah. Just to catch up with my host family. Um, my host family was part of the royal family in the, in the southern province of Zambia. Wow. Um, also, just just to catch up with friends. It's, it's been a long time. Uh, I was last there about five years ago. Oh, OK. Wow. Um, what, 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 the other thing that was fascinating to me about I, like I've never I've never seen when I was in Africa, just the the spirit around entrepreneurship. Um, was so, so neat in Kenya, at least when I was there, you know, just of, of tons of small businesses, really, um, I would say like folks were trying to wrap their head around how do you do more within technical entrepreneurship was kind of one, one topic that was, what, what did you notice anything about just even what, how was the venture scene in, in Zambia? Yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to grow a lot. Um, there's more incubators, more accelerators, uh, very similar to the, the foundry program, um, and I noticed a lot more startups in manufacturing, uh, carpentry, textiles. It's starting to grow a lot over there. Uh, at least from my last visit, uh, that's that's what I saw a lot of. Oh, neat. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, and I guess even like so, so, so you're you could see the technology 
being used, you know, in a bunch of, so autonomous vehicles, telemedicine, you know, traffic, uh, management, like do you, maybe pick one of those and just even, you know, I, I always ask, uh, the, the, um, the guests to sort of explain the tech very simply, you know, just that, that anyone can kind of relate to it. Mm -hmm. Um, how would this actually work, you know, even in, in like a single, you know, pick, pick maybe autonomous driving, like how would your tech go from, you know, getting deployed to, to creating value for a user? Yeah. So our, our main customers are companies that make the internet and also provide wireless internet services. So, um, we really work to understand what they need. Uh, we talk to a lot of their engineers and procurement officers to understand their buying channels. Uh, we're chatting with government officials to make sure that we're in alignment from a regulatory perspective, um, but really just, just listening to our customers to make sure that the product helps them in the, in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like it's, it's a lot around kind of um, improving just the amount of data that can flow through the, the pipe, I'm guessing. Um, which, which obviously, yeah, I mean, I can imagine just for autonomous vehicles, for an example, that as, you know, the infrastructure in the U.S. gets more built to have, you know, uh, uh, autonomous electric vehicles, you know, driving around the country, the, the connectivity piece is going to be such a big, a big part of that. Yeah, you're right. Um, our, intelli our intelligent repeater, it makes it possible for people and Internet of Things like e-vehicles to work uh, faster and better. So EVs, electric vehicles, they have to stay connected to the grid somehow. Uh, and that's where our repeater can really be on the edge to make sure that uh, connectivity is there. And, and tell me, so like, obviously you worked with, um, this was originally uh, invented by the AR, um, Air Force Research Lab. Was, was it out of Wright-Patterson in, in Ohio or what was the lab that you were? Oh, yeah, okay. right in Patterson, Ohio. Yeah, so for those of you that, that, that um, haven't heard of, so uh, AFRL, really neat lab that's in Dayton, Ohio, has um, just a collection of just wonderfully smart researchers, really good culture around um, innovation and spinning tech off into startups. What was your process, Tyrell, of just inter interacting with AFRL? Like, I know you guys just went through the licensing process. Yeah. What was that like? Um, yeah, it was a great process. Uh, it took a bit, you know, um, a lot of back and forth. We, we went through one of the... Uh, and transfer organizations that really help facilitate those conversations between us uh, and the Air Force. Uh, maybe it took about, about seven months, um, but it's really enabling our technology stack to provide uh, the quality solution that we're aiming to achieve with this intelligent computer. When, and, and hopefully, like I, I know our team, like we, we try to have support, you know, for both uh, the entrepreneurs and the the government folks, you know, on that licensing process, because it is, um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's, 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 unfortunately it's never super fast, but what, what, what was, what was kind of the, the challenge? Was it the getting the paperwork together? Or was it negotiating? Yeah. The, the big challenge is around negotiation, uh, payment terms, royalty percentages. Um, once those things kind of got ironed out, it was a, a straight road to a signature. Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting because the the Air Force, like, and government kind of writ large, like, they, they want to see the tech get used. It just is, there's obviously a bunch of requirements that they have to go through as as the stewards, you have our taxpayer dollars. So sometimes that takes longer than, than they would want as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
what's next for you guys? I mean, what's so, so you have some SBIRs to perform on now, like what, what's, what, what else is on your mind? Like what's happening in the future? Do you think? Yeah. For the future, we're really focused, uh, on rolling out this intelligent repeater. Um, uh, we're planning to launch within the next 12 months. Uh, and we're really aiming towards achieving some customer pre-orders. Um, after this first product, we, we are interested in sensing and communication capabilities. So combining those two functions, uh, and really enabling, you know, the industry 4.0, uh, looking at AR, MR, XR, uh, and making those reality, making those visions become reality. Cool. Yeah. Great. And, and what, um, what advice, like if you were, so, and we should, we should have you back. So we're, we're about to kick off another, uh, foundry cohort, uh, pretty soon. And we should have you, hopefully my folks have reached out to have you come visit, you know, or, or get to meet some of the, the cohort, you know, we'll, we'll definitely do that. But if you were going to just, um, interact with some of the teams, like, what would you tell them? Like what, just to give them advice on the process, right. Of you're, you're, you're literally day one of, of a foundry, uh, what's going through your mind. Yeah, I really encourage them to focus on customer discovery, uh, really listening to what the customer's pain points are, not talking about your technology or your solution, just really understanding their pain points. And then going back, analyzing and adjusting your technology stack to fix that problem. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fun, it's definitely it's a lot of excitement, right? And, you know, we bring together a lot of talented folks like yourself. And we're just so proud of the, uh, the, when it goes well, like in this case, so, um, well, Tyrell, yeah, well, we can leave it there, but yeah, I just want to thank you again for, uh, all you, all the work that you put in and, um, the company seems great, uh, and, and we're here for you, you know, if anything you guys need, uh, going forward, but just really excited to be, uh, following your success, uh, in the, in the coming years. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you so much to the Foundry team and, and FedTech and Foundry team, excuse me. Uh, looking forward to that next cohort. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Tyrell. Thank you.